Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. Alright, so this is not really a humble brag, but uh, to any potential burglars out there, I just changed the batteries in my motion-sensing floodlights in the backyard, so spread that word, alright? But this is not a home security podcast. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 14 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen, so why shouldn't movie buffs, like us, decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... The Good, the Trav, and the Ugly. Oh, hell yes. A.K.A. It's a Trav, 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 Trav world. <laughs> A.K.A. Treasure Travis Island. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Ah, very good. Trav Island. There we go. <laughs> and I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, National Treasure, <laughs> A.K.A. Isle of Shonkin Gold. AKA the Count of Shanti Cristo. <laughs> okay, as always, also here in the shop is the Shop Shop Regulator, Chelsea Secret of the Sphinx, AKA Coast of Chelatons, AKA Chelsea Come Easy Go. <laughs> and holy shit, you guys. Joining us remotely, former producer and engineer of this very podcast, please welcome special guest, the adventurer, <laughs> aka Andrew Condas, the hunt for the blood orchid, <laughs> aka the Canadian in your brain again. It's Andrew Tay. Welcome, sir. Yo ho ho. Hello. Glad to be back in spirit. And can you tell us where exactly you're hailing from virtually? Uh, virtually from Ottawa, Ontario. Ottawa, Ontario. So we're on the same time zone. Yes. Excellent. That works out well. Uh, well, so for listeners who maybe haven't heard some older episodes, Andrew was one of the forefathers of the Cinema Chop Shop. I believe it was at a Hillbilly Christmas, an off offsite Hillbilly Christmas at... Uh, Matt and Lori's house, and, and it was it was Andrew's first hillbilly Christmas, uh, and he was like, "Hey man, you should start a podcast." <laughs> Pretty much, that's how all these uh, all great ideas are born. Yes, the and the rest is history. With that, we're going to go ahead and do a further description of the show. The tagline says, "Watch Chop Retrofit," because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Keep digging. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we find comedy gold. All right, with that, we're going to go ahead and move it into the first segment for the evening, and that's going to be movie news. And unfortunately, this week, we do have to start it off with an R.I.P., uh, rest in peace and rest in power to Rick Aiello. Rick Aiello, who was an actor and son of Danny Aiello, has died at the age of 65. Uh, he worked with his dad in films including Do the Right Thing, Harlem Nights, and 29th Street, and on the CBS series Della Ventura. He died of pancre pancreatic cancer, and interestingly enough, his brother 
uh, Danny Aiello Jr. also died of pancreatic cancer. Damn. Yes. So rest in peace and rest in power once again to all of the Aiellos. Next up, Sholo Maridueña confirmed as Blue Beetle in DC's upcoming feature for HBO Max. Now, can you flesh that out a little bit for us, Sean? Is he the one they call the love bug? No, that's um, Herbie. That's Herbie. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, coupled with last week's news about uh, the casting for Batgirl, it's a big week for uh, for Latino actors because you've got two Latinos that have been cast in features. Mm-hmm. And as I said to you, you know, it's your move, Marvel. The ball is in your court. All right, next up we've got Paramount Plus inks a mega deal for not one, not two, but 14 South Park movies. Ooh. And your reply to this, sir? <laughs> hey, 1998. Good news. We got more South Park movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Any uh, thoughts on that, Andrew? Uh, I mean, I- I've never been a huge fan of South Park, but mm-hmm. they seem to uh, uh, do their homework and uh, people uh, enjoy the satire. So more power to them. Seems like they do good work. Follow-up question. Is the reason you've never been a big fan because of the song Fuck Canada? It's not really like them. It's it's the people who don't get that it's satire just thinking it's a fun way to make fun of you. So, uh, Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I'm not trying to fan those flames. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Next up, Brendan Fraser boards Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm looking forward to this film. Um, he's also going to be in legendary comedy brothers so i'm assuming that's a comedy coming from legendary pictures and it's called brothers this is like the fourth title i've heard his name attached to in the past six months you got bills to pay apparently or maybe he's making his um brendan assance <laughs> Next up, the Suicide Squad star David Dastmalshane. I'm probably mispronouncing that, um, but he's Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad. Thought about Universal Monsters every day while filming. And I think that they probably paid him to say that. <laughs> uh, that comes to us from SlashFilm.com. Next up, Nicholas Holt to star in Universal Monster movie Renfield. Now, Renfield, of course, is the heroin-addicted lackey of Count Dracula, right? Yeah. Sometimes yes. sometimes uh, portrayed as like a former maybe um, doctor who's now in institutionalized. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Chris McKay is directing it. Uh, Chris McKay, we know from a lot of comedies, but also... Um, you know, the big short, right? Didn't Chris McKay do the big short? I thought it was Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Hmm. You're right. Dana. Dana. We don't even need Dana for this. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Chris McKay, no relation, is directing, <laughs> is directing the movie centered on Dracula's wacky lackey. And that comes to us from the HollywoodReporter.com. Uh, next, Leslie Jones, everybody's favorite is cast in Taika Waititi's, everybody's even more favorite, pirate comedy called Our Flag Means Death. The supermarket sweep host is joining the assemb- the ensemble cast of the HBO Max series. So it's a uh, TV series, but still Taika Waititi makes 
Cinema Chop Shop movie news anytime he's in the headlines. I love Leslie Jones. Right on. And we all love Taika Waititi. With the addition of Leslie Jones, I'm disappointed they didn't change the title to Grab That Booty. (laughs) (laughs) Next, this is our final story. Oh, sorry. Second to final story. Paramount Plus loses the majority of its Star Trek movies. And I'm I'm wanting to hear back from Joey Poole about this. But I can hear him crying from here. In a surprising move, Paramount Plus, which advertises as being, quote, home to all your Star Trek needs, has lost <laughs> most of its Star Trek movies. And there's really, on, at least on this source on uh, Comic Book Review, there's no explanation. They're, they're, it's still kind of murky. They're trying to figure out why this suddenly happened. Because they, like, in the past six months or so they acquired most of the catalog and had it ready to go. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, gone. So I I bet you there's like some sort of like Viacom shit. There's gotta be some sort of court related injunction kind of thing. Some sort of bullshit. I was going to say I could hear Joey Poole crying from here. So uh, (laughs) it must be a a pretty big holdup. The acoustics are amazing. His tears know no borders. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got one more story. Uh, Speaking of bullshit, Cry Macho, the trailer for Clint Eastwood's new new film has been released. And he is back in front of the camera at 91. Eastwood directs himself as a faded rodeo star out for redemption in the drama heading to theaters and HBO Max on September 17th. Give us your thoughts, Chelsea. Why? What the fuck? Why? We don't need it. We didn't ask for it. Fucking go to Florida already. Well, it's, it's the long-awaited conclusion to I don't give a fuck. Get off my lawn quadrilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I will only watch it if he rides a bull. Okay. 91-year-old Yeah, He's going to die. He's going to fucking die. It's And I would watch that. <laughs> Do you guys remember the movie Eight Seconds? Hell yeah. yes. This one's called One Second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. And do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hi, Chop Shoppers. Did you miss me? Did you miss me because I missed you? The word scram is short for scramble, but it does sound like it could have been Yiddish. The last guy in the list of names you dropped for the bad guys is Richard Ayoade. Listeners may know him as Moss from the IT crowd. They do still make Red Dog beer. Craig T. Nelson is coached to me too because I love that show and I've never seen poltergeist don't at me the guy who played carlton was alfonso ribeiro i have a correction for myself on the science fiction movies episode back in july joey asked if any other sons had played their real life fathers in films i recently learned that mario van peebles played his father in badass a half biopic half homage to his dad And C.J. Wallace played his dad, Biggie Smalls, as a child in the biopic Notorious. All right, y'all. I know you've been cooped up all day. You want to go for a walk in the yard? Do you? Do you? Who's a good job chopper? All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. We do appreciate all of your hard work. And I must say, that certainly is badass. Bringing us to 
the theme of the episode because we are all so overjoyed and just bubbling over with with uh, emotion about having our long lost and rightfully our Canadian treasure, Andrew, back on the show. We're doing treasure hunter movies. This is kind of a um, kind of a subgenre of adventure films, I would say. It also gets a little bit into the mystery genre, and for the most part, by definition, there's always some sort of payoff in the film. Like we get closure usually. Yeah. And this is like some of the most kind of basic story you might tell when you're a kid, like uh, we're pirates and we're going to look for treasure. We're going to X marks the spot, look for uh, the X on the map and all that. So uh, yeah, this is a very well-worn territory and very, uh, very uh, close to uh, a lot of people's hearts from when they were a kid. For sure. Now, Chelsea, did you have any thoughts on the genre? No. No, not not at all. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and go into our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that are within our category at hand that we feel um, might be worth mentioning or might be worth even showing together in, say, a public forum as a double feature. Hence the name, hence the odor. And so as our guest from far, far away, uh, Andrew, would you like to go first with your double feature? I, I do. So my first film, this is one I, I came across when I did my uh, 2020 movie half marathon. Oh, yeah. In the latter half of the year. And uh, I, I came across this earlier on and it quickly became one of the favorite ones I'd seen for last year. It is from 2017. It's called Logan Lucky. Oh, Logan Lucky's great, dude. I love this movie. Yeah. So the the the, the treasure buried treasure is a, right. a bit of a, a, a loose connection there, but it's a great film. It's about a, a we all know a laid off construction worker hatches a plan to rob the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and he he brings his uh, his uh, hillbilly friends along, and they uh, get into uh, some unconventional uh, heist strategies along the way yes. and uh, some good old fashioned redneck ingenuity. And it's uh, it's funny. It's very well written and well directed and uh, just top quality entertainment An amazing cast. A lot of uh, very well known actors playing outside of their uh, usual type. You have Adam Driver in a, a unique role for him. You have Daniel Craig as the very enjoyable uh, safe cracker called Joe Bang. And uh, yeah, so Logan Lucky's my Andy first Tatum. Movie. Yep, and and yeah, I mean it's just an all star cast. And uh, did you have a favorite part of the film? Uh, oh, the uh, the prison riot hostage negotiation scene where the okay. uh, the inmates want the uh, the new uh, Song of Ice and Fire book as a condition of releasing the hostages, and they have to go onto Wikipedia and tell them that. George R. R. Martin still hasn't <laughs> finished the book. And, you know, yes. four years later, he still hasn't finished the book. So, <laughs> I mean, I hate to break it to you, but if you're waiting for for the winds of winter and, and I mean, George R. R. Martin didn't write it when he had a year to stay in his house and write it. Like, uh, whew, I don't know when that book's coming. I'm sorry. For real. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you my favorite part of that movie. It was when his daughter gets up at the talent show and sings Country Road. Uh, and she sings it acapella and she's just want, she's looking in the crowd for her daddy and her daddy's like caught up in the heist. And so it was a very touching moment for me. Well, what are you going to pair that with, Andrew? So I'm pairing it with a movie that I, I feel like I've, I've I talk about every time I come on this this show. It's uh, one of the eight different uh, English language adaptations of Robert Louis Stevenson's classic novel. Treasure Island, but this Tra- one comes Tra- from Travesure Island. <laughs> yes, exactly. This one comes from 1996. It's Muppet Treasure Island, and uh, of course, it stars uh, Tim Curry as Long John Silver and uh, all of the uh, the Muppets in uh, various supporting roles. And fantastic! Uh, yeah, it's just great. Good songs. Lots of uh, lots of 90s references that, as a child, like totally. Uh, I didn't get and now watching it as an adult, I, I realize it's very funny. So uh, yeah, it has some good nostalgia, but also some, some rewatch value too. Well, you will get no pushback from me on anything Muppet related. I am animal. <laughs> All right. So moving it over to you, Chelsea, what is your double feature for today? Um, so I have a Matthew McConaughey triple feature. Ooh, what? All right, all right, all right. Exactly. Nailed it. Exactly. I have 2005 Sahara, 2008's Fool's Gold, mm-hmm. and 2016's Gold. Gold. This yeah. is a golden triple feature. Right? Can you give us any um, any premise like for the three other than the fact that it's gold? So I actually haven't seen two of them. Okay. This is totally <laughs> fine, though. It's fine. Actually, do you know what? Matthew McConaughey hasn't seen two of them. I know, right? <laughs> and then the one that I did see was really fucking terrible. Yeah. But it's Matthew McConaughey. Was that Fool's so. Gold? Yeah, that was. The one with Kate Hudson? Yep. Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. All right, fair enough. So over to you, Sean, your double feature for today. All right, I'm kicking it off with a film that we've already dedicated uh, some time to on the Werner Herzog episode. Uh-huh. I'm doing uh, Aguirre. The Wrath of God from 1972. Right. And this is Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski, uh, written and directed by Werner Herzog, uh, South America, 16th century, Spanish explorer Don Lope de Aguirre, leads an expedition down the Amazon to find the fabled city, El Dorado. The expedition down the Amazon is more of a metaphor for an aneurysm slowly, slowly reaching towards your brain. So, yes, uh, Everything goes to shit, and they all go insane. I'm pairing that with 2021's Jungle Cruise. Because it made you go Ooh. insane? Directed by Wom Colette Sarah, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez as Aguirre, uh-huh. uh, Jesse Plemons, and Paul Giamatti. This slog comes in at two hours and seven minutes. Ugh. What a long journey to take just to sell some tickets to a park. But it's based on Disneyland's theme park ride where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles, but with a supernatural element. Uh, Aguirre and his hunt for the Tears of the Moon, a mythical plant that can cure illness, heal any any injury, and lift any curse. Um, I specifically picked this just so I could rag on this movie. There you go. That seems fair. I didn't hate it as much as you led me to believe I would. 
Um, I don't hate it. There are, as I said, Wednesday night, there's some fun elements to it, but they did steal the entire African queen aesthetic and the costumes, which they're not shy about that. They let everyone know that, but the plot felt like a recycled pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, it was also, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no backstory for Jesse Plemons character. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was weird. Just accept it face value that he can talk to insects and animals and he's the bad guy. Um, what a waste of Paul Giamatti. He just shows up a couple of times in the film. But uh, the CGI animals were terrible. Um, that jaguar did not look real half the time. And I'm like, this is Disney, people. And there's no chemistry between these quote-unquote lovers. Which, how did they fall in love so fast? But hey. What happens on the Amazon stays on the Amazon. So yeah, that's my double feature. It's an Aguirre thread. There you go. All right, so I am going to pick two films that have more more threads in common than I realized until I just kind of put it together maybe this morning. Uh, the first one is going to be from 1966. It was directed by the great Sergio Leone and Sergio Leone, and it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The Good, With The, the Trav, and The Ugly. <laughs> In the Southwest, during the Civil War, a mysterious stranger, Joe, played by Clint Eastwood, and a Mexican outlaw, Tuco, played by Eli Wallach, form an uneasy partnership. Joe turns in the bandit for the reward money, then rescues him just as he's being hanged. When Joe's shot and at, excuse me, when Joe's shot at the noose goes awry during one escapade, a furious Tuco tries to have him murdered. The men reteam abruptly. However, to beat out a sadistic criminal and the Union Army to find $20,000 in gold that a soldier has buried in the desert. All right, so we've got gold in the desert during wartime, three people. I'm pairing that with 1999's Three Kings. Three Kings Mm. was directed by David O. Russell. It's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And... Just after the end of the Gulf War in the desert, four American soldiers decide to steal a cache of Saddam Hussein's hidden gold. Led by cynical Sergeant Major Archie Gates, George Clooney, three of the men are rescued by rebels, but Sergeant Troy Barlow, Mark Wahlberg, is captured and tortured by Iraqi intelligence. The Iraqi rebels beg for the American trio to help fight against the impending arrival of Hussein's elite guard. The men agree to fight in return for help rescuing Troy. So uh, in both films, there is the realization on at least someone's part that there are things more important than gold. And that's my double feature. Moving it into our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a pre-selected film that we have all seen And we hypothetically recast it with a few of the main roles. And the first film that we are going to be dealing with is The Adventurers, a.k.a. Fortune in Diamonds from 1951, directed by David Mack, David MacDonald. (laughs) (laughs) And it has no rating on Rotten Tomatoes. A soldier journeying across... 
South Africa after the Boer War searches for a valuable cache of diamonds he hid during the war. That sounds familiar. It sounds just like something else. Uh, getting into all kinds of scrapes in pursuit of his fortune. So the roles that we're going to recast are Clive Hunter, played by Dennis Price, Peter Brent, Branton, Peter Branton, played by Jack Hawkins, and Hendrik Van Thal, played by Peter Hammond, and Dominic, played by Gregory Assain. And so once again, as our guest, Andrew, would you like to go first with your picks for this film? Sure, uh, but I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the how this what how this movie came to be made. By all means, uh, it comes about at a time when they were trying to really uh, like boost British the British film industry, and so they were going to all these different parts of the the empire as it was back then, and and uh, making movies in South Africa in. Canada, Australia, just to uh, kind of uh, like keep the industry going at home. So uh, with that in mind, I thought like, let's let's shift this over a little bit. And we're going to go and set this in the Australian outback. And that's going to ah. be clear. Uh, that's going to be clear once I, I get into my picks and uh, a little more. I, I thought we'd maybe bring this a little bit more modern, not to for the present day, but how about a uh, nice mid 90s. So uh it looks a little bit more like our world. It'll be in color, but it's uh, it's they're not going to have the technology to solve the problems that they're going to encounter along the way. Okay, and so uh, go ahead. I also uh, felt this would be well suited for a comedy, uh, and and with that in mind, I have a uh, a, a trio of actors who I'm going to uh, plug in for the roles of. Uh, uh, Hunter, Henrik, and Brant. Okay, and did you uh, say you I wanted to give those to us all at once? Yes, because uh, it's a, a comedy trio. Uh, I'm going to say their names now. Mark Bonanno, Zachary Ruane, and Broden Kelly, also known as Auntie Donna. Now, Auntie Donna is a, a surrealist sketch comedy troupe from Melbourne, Australia. Ah, they, uh, be they began performing in 2012. Uh, they started just by doing uh, like comedy festivals and fringe shows and uh, started getting their content on YouTube, started a podcast and eventually uh, they just landed a, or just had a series on, on Netflix called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which I, I highly recommend. Uh, they're really uh, off the wall, absurd stuff. They're kind of considered a, the Australian descendants of uh, uh, Monty Python. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, so, now, let me ask you, let me ask you, Andrew, is there uh, some place that the listeners can easily find that? Yes, it's on Netflix. You said Netflix already. I, I, yes. um, I'm slow on the uptake. Oh, and, right. uh, you got one more. I, I think these guys could uh, tell this story. And because there, there's probably some uh, like in the original, like they kind of gloss over the uh, uh, like the condition that the Africans are in in, in these places. As yeah just helping the white people. And I feel like these guys can, uh, uh, you know, get rid of those, those uh, like problematic elements and, and, uh, and make it a, a really uh, weird, wacky, fun story. Gotcha. So you've got those three. Isn't there one more role? Yeah, but I'll save that one for, for at the end. Okay. That's cool. 
All right, so I guess that's over to me, right? Is that correct, guys? Sure. Over yeah. to me. So uh, once again, the film that we're recasting is 1993's Philadelphia, directed by Jonathan Demme. It's got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fearing it would compromise his career, lawyer Andrew Beckett, played by Tom Hanks, re- hides his homosexuality and HIV, HIV status at a powerful Philadelphia law firm. But his secret is exposed when a colleague spots the illness illness's telltale lesions. Fired shortly afterwards, Beckett resolves to sue for discrimination, teaming up with Joe Miller, played by Denzel Washington, the great Denzel Washington, the only lawyer willing to help. In court, they face one of his ex-employer's top litigators, Belinda Conin, Conine, played by Mary Steenburgen. And the roles that we're recasting are Andrew Beckett, played by Tom Hanks, who was 37 at the time, Joe Miller, played by Denzel Washington, who was 39 at the time. Belinda Connie, Connie, played by Mary Steenburgen, who was 40. And Miguel Alvarez, played by Antonio Embenderes, who was 33 at the time. Does that all sound straight, Andrew? Is this like a show within a show? (laughs) Thought we were doing the Diamonds movie. Somebody has to explain. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure. Yeah. We pulled a switcheroo. It's an Andrew Ambush, also known as an Andbush. Yes. We're doing, we're doing Andrew movies in honor of Andrew. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. <laughs> we got you. We got you, you poutine-eating motherfucker. Yeah, but I'm jealous. You made me watch that uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've seen Philadelphia, though, right? No. Okay, not. well, you don't have to actually make any picks. You're okay. you're off the hook. You're off the hook for that. But wait, I want to know who his Dominic was. Like I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, who was your Dominic? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, my Dominic is uh, an Australian actress named Miranda Tapsell. She's a uh, uh, of uh, Aboriginal Australian heritage, because mm-hmm. uh, I thought that the uh, the Dominic character. Uh, as like the pub owner, he's kind of like the local. She might have been yeah. chopped before. Yeah, I think I know Maybe. who you're talking about. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Miranda Tapsell, she's been in a number of uh, Australian films, uh, most notably one called The Sapphires from 2012 about an all-Indigenous girl group that I thought looked pretty cool. I've wow. seen and, that. Uh, Good. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's my pick for uh, this nice. movie that we aren't... Uh, <laughs> thumbs, thumbs down for uh for the the diamonds fortune and diamonds don't don't go looking for him um so just goes, so you goes in the desert just so you know andrew this was not my idea nor mine <laughs> you guys fucking suck just throw her under the bus <laughs> it's okay i, I think it's it's cute. good content. i thought it would be cute yeah it's all in honor of andrew you got me you got Speech- me good Speaking of Andrew, the first role that we're going to recast in Philadelphia is Andrew Beckett, played by Tom Hanks, who was 37 at the time. And Chelsea, who did you go with for this? Uh, Well, I threw age out the window. Mm -hmm. He might be close, though. I don't know. My actor was in Hacksaw Ridge, The Social Network, The Amazing Spider-Man. I went with Andrew Garfield. 
Andrew Garfield. There you go. All right. What a coincidence. I went with Andrew Garfield as well. Uh-uh, you guys. Mm. Well, so what's the one negative thing about Philadelphia? It's such a bummer, right? It really is. It's just such a bummer. So I decided to lighten it up a little bit. We're not only going to make it a comedy. We're going to make it a musical comedy. And the first role of Andrew Beckett will be played by 38-year-old actor slash comedian who I've definitely heard sing. He was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He's in the upcoming Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And he's on Big Mouth. His name is John Mulaney. John Mulaney is my Andrew Beckett. So I'm visually like visualizing Team America, World Police, and Mm -hmm. them just running around singing that damn AIDS song. Yeah. AIDS. Oh, wait, that's Ween. Sorry. Oh, my God. All right. So we're up to the next one. Yep. We got Joe Miller, the only attorney who would take his case, played by Denzel Washington, rocking a mustache for like one of the few, few roles where it's just the mustache. Um, Denzel Washington was 39. Chelsea, who's your pick? Um, again, age is gone. He mostly does TV. Uh, he was in Fargo, Hell on Wheels, Arrow, iZombie. I went with Andy Yu. Andy Yu. Yeah. Everybody knows him. (laughs) I see what you're doing there. (laughs) Any thoughts so far, Andrew? (laughs) Uh, some good picks, some uh, great, right? great first names there, for sure. <laughs> some, oh. some good names. So far, Chelsea's winning. All right. I um, have to redeem myself. <laughs> I went with a 39-year-old actor. Um, he was in Big Hero 6, The Other Guys, uh, Dance Flick, and Let's Be Cops. I went with Damon Wayans Jr. Oh, hell yeah. No, that's a good pick. I uh, definitely thought about that. Uh, and you're you're leaning a little bit comedic there, too. My actor uh, was was on New Girl with Damon Wayans Jr. He's also in Bloodshot, Desperados, plural, How It Ends. Uh, his name's Lamorne Morris. Lamorne cool. Morris is my pick. He's great. He was really, really funny in How It Ends. <clears throat> Next up, we've got Belinda Connie. Nope. I'm pretty sure it's Belinda Conine. Conine. I like Connie better. Okay, whatever. Two first names. Played by Mary Steenburgen. I like Mary Steenburgen a lot, like just as an actress and as a personality. Yeah. I think she's got like a lot of bubbliness for, I mean, whatever age she's been, but even now, like at her age, she's still, wasn't she on um, Last Man on Earth? Was she like the wino one? I, I didn't watch I that show. I think so. All right. So who is your pick for Belinda? Chelsea. Uh, my actress was in The Sound of Music, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins, The Princess Diaries. I went with Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. <laughs> <Yeah>. Perfect. Right? <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of Andrew. Nice. Nice. Um, I went with a uh, 38-year-old actress. She was in The Theory of Everything, Like Crazy, Inferno, and Star Wars uh, Story, uh, Rogue One. I went with Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. I'm a fan. 
My pick for Belinda is 41 now. She's my age. We were born the same year in 1980. You're so so old. There's still a chance. She was in Bridesmaids. She was in 21 Jump Street. She was in Sex Tape and The Secret Life of Pets. Most people know her from The Office or The Invincible Kimmy Schmidt. What is it? The Unbreakable Unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt. Her name's Ellie Kemper. Nice. Right on. Ellie Kemper is my litigator. We got one more, and it's the role of Miguel Alvarez, who is played by a 33-year-old Antonio Banderas. And Chelsea, what were you leaning towards in this department? Oh, so my actor was in Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, The Godfather. I went with Andy Garcia. Oh, Sean's (laughs) favorite. (laughs) Wow. Well done. Four for four. Andy's. You're welcome. I like that. Um, I went with a 34-year-old actress. He was in The Boy Next Door, Step Up Revolution, Everybody Wants Some. He's currently in the uh, Fox series 911 as Eddie Diaz. His name is Ryan Guzman. Ryan Guzman is good. I'm familiar with him. All right, my pick for the role of Miguel Alvarez is 35 now. He's in a 2020 film called Yes Day. He's in a movie called Semper Fi, another one called Broken Hearts Gallery, and he was also on Broad City. His name is Arturo Castro. All right. So any further thoughts on the film Philadelphia? Obviously, I won that round. It's much better than A Fortune in Diamonds. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Um, Chelsea was really giving you an and job on that. (laughs) Wow, that's a new one. That's a new one for me. I just made it up. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. lobby. Let's Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some Canadian bacon. All right. And poutine. And poutine, you poutine-eating motherfucker. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the brew boss. And me, Chelsea, the regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, all morning, morning long. And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. 
Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck! Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger... Trontastic Ron! I'm gonna rip his face off! Woo! And the defending champ... Little Thanos! You ain't got nothing, brother! I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition! So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop blowout sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during the intermission. And, um... When we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And what are we going to check in today, sir? A light beer that actually tastes like something. But what is it called? A light beer that actually tastes like something. I heard you the first time. It's from Seminar Brewing. Seminarbrewing.com. And this is a uh, light IPA that is double dry hopped, and it's a 4.2% alcohol. And 12-ounce serving carries about 100 calories, so it is truly a light beer. And it's quite tasty. I agree. As the adage goes, I could uh, I could really drink one of these after mowing the lawn. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, while we enjoy that, let's get into our next segment, which is the 2021 Movie Marathon. And as of this day of recording, <laughs> it is the 216th day of the year. And I'm on 203. I'm on 255. 291. Fuck bitches. Wow. Andrew, where are you on? Um, I'm I'm not keeping track this year, but uh ballpark movies. Ballpark us. Sorry, Uh, hockey rink us. Yeah, probably somewhere in the arena of like 60, maybe. I watch a lot of uh like like shorter form like uh series, so I don't, right I don't do a whole lot of movies. It's all good. That's Absolutely. a respectable number. And so, Chelsea, what's your first check-in for this week going to be? I watched the film Mary and Max that Sean talked about a few weeks ago from 2009. This is the animated one with the yes. bear and the platypus? N- no. This is about the pen pals. Oh, completely different. Claymation. Um, it's fucking perfect. It is yeah. so good. Great. Everybody has to watch this. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has to watch this. Fuck you. <laughs> wow. You really, um, really, was, uh, everybody watch this. Dying film. on this Fuck hill. Fuck you to Sean. 
So the fuck you was specifically for Sean. And yeah, when for he all of our listeners. No, 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 all never. Five of our listeners. Never. I want that on. I want that on a T-shirt. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my good first slogan. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, my first check-in's from 2020. It's called Meander. Mm-hmm. Meander is a French film? I think so. Yeah. It's actually pronounced with a question mark. Yeah. French uh, film? Uh, <laughs> is a French film? So what initially starts out like a, a Saw-type mm-hmm. torture porn movie. How do you say Saw? Uh, it quickly turns into a very smart, suspenseful thriller with a supernatural twist. This girl gets in, she's like hitchhiking or something, and she gets into a truck with a dude that becomes very apparent that he's a serial killer. And right as she makes this discovery, he slams the brakes and she hits her head on the uh, dash. And next thing you know, she wakes up, she's inside a tunnel with this weird light contraption around her wrist that periodically has a 10 minute countdown on it. And she has to crawl through the tunnels because if she doesn't she's gonna die and also it will start playing the song the final countdown by europe yeah um like i said it starts out like you're like oh god what, are, what is this this looks like one of these types of movies but no it's it's very smart okay yeah. i don't have any other check-ins but i did see this one so i'm gonna piggyback off of right it on. it's super super fucking claustrophobic like you okay. will have a visceral reaction when you yeah. watch this. I'm not claustrophobic in reality. I'm not either, but oh my god. So it was it was doing its job. Yeah. Okay. Right on. So over to me, my first check-in is going to be Gunpowder Milkshake. Gunpowder Milkshake. You guys have both seen this, right? Haven't seen it. Read some nasty reviews about it. Did you yep. see it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I thought you recommended it to me. No, I did not. All right, so Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, there were definitely parts that I loved, and the casting was solid. You've got um, Karen Gillan and also Cersei Lannister, whose real name is... <laughs> Cersei Lannister? Yeah. Um, Lena Headley? Something Lena like Headley. Very good. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, something just didn't quite resonate with me, though. That's pretty much what I had heard. Yeah. I mean, the the ingredients are there. They just didn't quite mix them right. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> since Chelsea said that she's not uh, checking any in, I watched a movie called Act Naturally. This is from 2011, and the movie should have taken the title as Direction because it was stilted and the dialogue was very awkward. Awkward. And uh, but I do appreciate any independent film that tries to do something. And this was about a uh, two estranged stepsisters who inherit their father's naturalist resort. Okay, so it's a nudist. Okay, naturalist, not naturist. It's nudist. So naturist is nudist. Naturalist is a biological field. So. They are naturists, uh, naturist, not naturalists. Naturists. Get it straight, dude. You don't want to roll up into a nudist colony and call them naturalists. <laughs> but uh, I'm, trust me. And how do you know? That's what I have to say. You, you, you're speaking from experience, obviously. I have all the experience. But uh, I know that, uh, Travis, you'll like this because the movie count is quite high in this movie. Ah. But, uh, and they do show a lot of uh, respect for, for the nudist lifestyle. However, um, it's just it's just a bad movie. Just a bad movie. Yeah. All right, over to me. 
my next check-in is going to be Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard from 2021. This is the long-awaited sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard. Salma Hayek is the missing ingredient that makes this a superior sequel. Uh, as soon as she enters the film, it's a nonstop thrill ride. And the first one was okay, but it was just okay. Speaking of movies. This one's good. And also, they nobody gives a fuck. Like, they're just okay. laying it all out there. It's, it's her, it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and um, one of the Chris's. Okay. Chris Tucker? No. Chris Rock? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of those. Chris Chris's. Pratt. <laughs> no, it's the two guys, a girl, and a pizza place guy. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. He's not even a Chris. a Chris. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, since I don't have a check-in, I just you know you're talking about boobies a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I recently read an article about how the COVID vaccine is supposed to make your boobs bigger. And it doesn't. Mm. I'm pissed. Even with the double D dose. Yeah. No. Nothing happened. All right. So my next check-in, uh, Werewolves Within. Werewolves Without? Yeah. Uh, Joey Poole checked this in, so he's on board for this movie. I know. It is a legitimately funny comedy horror type movie. Uh, all the characters, top to bottom, are well-done, quirky characters. Uh, it stars... Uh, Milana Weintrub. Oh, yes. The AT&T girl. Yes. And she's really good in it. And uh, she gets... So this is a feature film for her. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's based on a video game. I don't know. I don't know where the origin is. But I don't know the video game Werewolves Within, but supposedly that's what it's based on. It's a Ubisoft film. And it's funny. It's worth watching because the characters... If you like character comedy, like really oddly written characters... It kind of reminded me of like Northern Exposure a little bit. Yeah. Um, just everybody had their, had their thing and every actor nailed their well, thing. Well, I think that's where the hook was because we were trying to watch This is the End. This is how it ends. This is how it ends. Sorry. Or how it ends. How it ends. What Whatever. trying to watch it? It didn't hook Will, you immediately? Will, no, we it, just yes. searched it wrong. But May within I? the first, we don't, like 10 minutes we were in and we we're like, mm, I don't think this is right but kept watching and loved it. Uh, video game question. You were talking about wolves and yeah. video games. Is Wolfenstein a thing? It's a thing. Is that a video game? Yes. <laughs> Points for the noob. I have one more, right? It's mm-hmm. my turn. Mm-hmm. I've got the Suicide Squad. It just came out last night, right? Yep. And I watched it last night right after Jungle Cruise. It was a nice palate cleanser. Leaps and bounds better than the first attempt. Better than most DC stuff in the past decade. Great soundtrack. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm revealing nothing. Except I already said there is a polka dot man. And it's it's a variety. Think like um, uh, Guardians, but more diverse. I was actually going to check in Guardians of the Galaxy because I actually saw that for the first time this week. No shit. Yeah, uh, I actually kind of... I'm a late adopter of the Marvel uh, films, but I, I watched Loki and, you know, thought it was really well done. And I'm, I'm really impressed by how Disney really is is getting very talented people to to make all these films and series. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, let's go go back to phase one and, and work my way through all the uh, the MCU. 
I really appreciated how Disney Plus, at least with that series, took a real low-key approach. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's going to wrap us up on the 2021 movie marathon for this week, right? We will trudge on and try to reach that goal. You guys are more likely to get there first than I am, but once again, I will proclaim I will see 365 movies by New Year's Eve. Next up, it's the second part of our feature segment, The Recast Continued. Part two. Another chest of gold. Still digging. (laughs) And the film, it's it's another Andrew movie. Oh my goodness. This movie stars Andrew McCarthy, and it's called Mannequin from 1987. It was directed by Michael Gottlieb, and it's only got a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a fucking crime. I think it should be a little bit better. I think that we're at least in the 50-50 range. I think we're in like the 90s. No, 50-50. Shut the fuck up. It was the 80s, Chelsea. It was the 80s. (laughs) I wouldn't know. So Jonathan Switcher, played by Andrew McCarthy... An unemployed artist finds a job as an assistant window dresser for a department store. When Jonathan happens upon a beautiful mannequin he previously designed, she springs to life and introduces herself as Emmy, played by Kim Cattrall. An Egyptian under an ancient spell. Yeah, right. (laughs) Despite interference from the store's devious manager, played by James Spader, Jonathan and his mannequin fall in love while creating eye-catching window displays to keep the struggling store in business. (laughs) Meanwhile, that mall is now a parking garage. (laughs) Andrew, have you seen Mannequin? I have not. You're familiar with the premise, though, even before I just yes. described it. Do mannequins turn you on? <laughs> uh, I got a guy with no on that one. Uh, no, it's probably because of the lack of genitalia. It's just just smooth, <laughs> like a Barbie doll. In general, no, no, very few uh, features. Uh, no nipples. Too smooth. Yeah. All right. Well, the roles that we're going to recast are Jonathan Switcher, played by Andrew McCarthy, who was 25 at the time. Then we've got Emmy, played by Kim Cattrall, 31 at the time. And this is the second time in like three weeks right? she's come up on this show. Um, next, we've got Hollywood. I wrote it as Hollywood. <laughs> so I, when I went to recast, I was looking for a girl. Nice. Uh, played by Mesak. Meshach. Meshach Taylor. You'd know him from Designing Women. Of course I would. Yeah, duh. Hollywood. Uh, 40 years old at the time. And then we've got Richards, played by James Spader, the manager at the department store, also the arch nemesis of our lead character. Are we good? I'm good. And we're going to do a little experiment. We're going to let Andrew recast using his originally intended recast for the other film. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to insert his actors. Mm -hmm. All right, that sounds good. So, Andrew... Who was your first pick for the Ruby of Doom? <laughs> no, Jonathan Switcher. No, Jonathan. Yeah, who was? Give us a name. So this was the pick I had for the uh, the sidekick in the the Ruby movie. Uh, you might recognize him from roles in The Good Place, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Tacoma FD, or his voice work on Star Trek Lower Decks. Hey, it's Eugene Cordero. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I think he's going to make a, a great Jonathan Switcher. 
And right, uh, the the scene I had in mind was the one from Loki where he uh, he he has all these Infinity Stones. He's used, using them as paperweights, but then he doesn't know what fish is. So uh, he has a great uh, chaotic energy that uh, is totally appropriate for uh, Jonathan Switcher. Nice, excellent. All right, Chelsea, who's your pick? My actor was in Palm Springs. That's my boy. And Brooklyn yep. Nine Nine. I went Nine, with. Nine. Andy Samberg. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I almost remembered to tell Michelle to take a picture of me on the pizza float in Marco's pool the other day, like with my shades and a oh, drink yeah, so yeah, I could yeah. reenact the Palm Springs poster. Nice. Andrew, have you seen Palm Springs yet? No. Oh, oh my, my God. I can't tell you anything about it. It's Andy Samberg and... Milati, Kristen Milati, Kristen Milati, and just watch it. And J.K. Simmons, okay, have to watch it. You have to watch it like tonight. Will no, you? tell me you're going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it as soon as I'm done recording. Excellent. All right. Uh, so, Sean, who's your pick for Jonathan Switcher? All right. So, Andrew McCarthy. He always looks like he just received an obscenely high electric bill. Whoa! Like this isn't my electric bill. He always looks like that. It's just like, whoa! Yeah. Oh of, wait, wrong guy. A lot of bulging <laughs> eyes and double takes. So I went with an actor who kind of embodies that same kind of feeling. Uh, he was in Don't Breathe, Let Me In, uh-huh. uh huh, Prisoners, and uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. I went with Dylan Minnette. Dylan Minnette is the right age. I saw him on some lists. Um, there was 13 reasons why I didn't pick him though. And one of them <laughs> is because I had no theme for this. <laughs> I just went with heavy hitters. Okay. All right. Ooh. These are actors who are at the, the height, height of, of their, their powers. powers. So my Cheers. pick is 25 now as well. He was in Doolittle. He was in Chaos Walking, Cherry, and the Spider-Man franchise. His name is Thomas Holland. Of course. AKA Tom Holland. Of course. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Next up, we've got the role of Emmy, uh, the now anthropomorphized mannequin. She has all of her features when she's in living Kim Cattrall form. Kim Cattrall was 31. And Andrew, do you have something to throw out for this one? Oh, yeah. So uh, instead of playing Captain Yankee, uh, this actor will be playing the mannequin lady instead. It's uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. From the aforementioned a- Jungle Cruise. I love it. So we, we stick a, a nice brown shirt on that mannequin, and, and it's just a natural fit for him. I like it. I love it. Sean, you're up. No, no I'm up. up. I apologize. Chelsea, you're up. Uh, my actress was in That's My Boy. Mm-hmm. Andy you, Sandler. No, but you <laughs> would see her on ESPN. I went with Aaron Andrews. Oh, Aaron Andrews. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. Sean, are you ready? Yeah. All right, go for it. You know, Kim Cattrall always looks like she's got way more experience sexually than mm-hmm. anyone else in the room. And so I wanted an actress who kind of had that knowing look about her. Mm-hmm. And so she was in Ready or Not, Guns Akimbo, Bill and Ted, Face the Music. I went with Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving is a good pick. It's uh, 
It's kind of a face value pick, as is mine. My actress is 31 now. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, Tanya, The Wolf of Wall Street, and Suicide Squad, and The Suicide Squad. Her name is Margot Robbie. Nice. Uh, her performance right. in The Suicide Squad is superior oh, to yeah. her performance in the previous installment. She's a heavy hitter for sure. Heavy hitters coming at you. Like Cleopatra. Next up, we've got Meshach Taylor, who was 40 at the time, playing Hollywood. And he was the flamboyant co-worker at the mall. Yeah, right? yeah, very effeminate. I'm sure that character has not aged well. Gotcha. And so, Andrew, do you have a pick for this one? Uh, yeah. Um, this will be uh, instead of uh, this actor fighting alongside the rock uh, through the jungle, he's going to be uh, the the problematic, sassy uh department store employee uh he's a former wrestler as well so maybe him and the rock can go toe-to-toe at some point it's dave bautista <laughs> Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> great job sir great job over to you chelsea what do you got my actor mostly does tv and he's a producer and he's on watch what happens live has produced the real housewives all the stupid Bravo shows. I went with Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen. Nicely yeah. done. Good job. You really reached for a lot of these, and I applaud you. Because... Yeah, I mean, there's not that many Andys out there. Oh, uh, there's a ton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sean, what do you got? Um, I went with an actor who is 43 years old, and he's played characters very similar to Hollywood on the TV series Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would also know him from Snakes on a Plane, as well as Good Burger and Keenan and Callum. Yes. Keenan Thompson. Hell yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. That is great. Now I want a Good Burger. My pick for Hollywood is 40 Now as well. And he was in Black Widow. He was in I Could Never Be Your Woman and has a, a prominent role, a main role on The Handmaid's Tale. His, o, his name is O.T. Fegbenny. Yeah. Excuse Excuse you. F A G B E N I E. And I'm. We don't use that word anymore. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt for pronunciation. Fag Benny. Uh, Yeah. He's good. He's a great actor. If you've seen him on any of those things, he's a really good actor. And I think he would pull this off. Uh, It would be a little bit out of his wheelhouse, but I think that he could do it. All right. We got one more role to recast, and that is the role of Richards who is the antagonist of the film, basically. And he was played by James Spader, who is an antagonist in the world, basically. And James Spader was 27 at the time. And Andrew, who's your pick for this one? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I totally planned this, like, not just right now, pulling it out of my uh, phone. It's uh, an actor who's uh, he's had his fair share of uh, actual... Uh, noble characters, but also some some villains too, uh, from from Firefly, from uh, uh, Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Blog, yes, Captain Hammer. Castle. It's uh, the the uh, he, currently his hometown is named their city hall after him, the namesake of the 
Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion, Nathan <laughs> Fillion, <laughs> who also has a great role in Suicide Squad. He is. So he good. is in Suicide Squad. All right. That's a great pick. Over to you, Chelsea. What do you got? My actor was in Pretty in Pink, Weekend at Bernie's, and Mannequin. I went with Andrew McCarthy. Andrew. Oh, wow. <laughs> his role around, huh? Nice. Okay. That might be a first. I dig it. I, no, it's definitely happened before. <laughs> Almost any iteration of things that you can think of have happened so far. We've been doing it for too long, Andrew, and it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, it's on you. All right, so I went with a 25-year-old actor who is kind of uh, creepy, and that uh, last time I used him, it, it was for that very reason. Very skinny, very... Gaunt. He was the boy in The Road. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he played uh, Nightcrawler slash Kurt Wagner in X-Men Apocalypse. Wagner. He, he was also in Let Me In with Dylan Minnette, the aforementioned mm-hmm. unintentional I didn't realize it. His name is Cody Smith McPhee. Cody Smith McPhee <laughs> is a good pick for this, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty solid. All right. Well, my pick, uh, another heavy hitter. At least I hope so. He's 27 now. He was in Divergent, The Goldfinch, The Fault in Our Stars, and Baby Driver. His name is Ansel Elgort. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, I can see that. And I got the picture of him from The Goldfinch where he's wearing glasses. Well, of course, that's important. It is very important for the visual aspect of this audio medium. All right. So final thoughts on Mannequin. Okay. So... I love the fucking theme song by Starship. Love you. Yeah, that's your that's your jam. It is. Mm-hmm. What was it? Nothing's gonna stop us now. Fuck yes. Yeah. I have you the forty five of the mannequin mm-hmm. version single. Wow. I have a mannequin that's. Hiding I don't want to hear no, about what no, you do no. on Saturday nights. The forty five caliber revolver inside <laughs> the mannequin. Oh, okay. God damn it, <laughs> Andrew. Yes. How did you feel about our switcheroo? <laughs> uh, I was a little, uh, a little shocked at first. I, yes. well, I, at first, I just assumed you had just flipped the wrong page and, and yes. we're on to our next episode. Of yeah, I totally Philadelphia. make my notes a week in advance. <laughs> hey, who knows? But uh, no, I had a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I was, you could see me I have a big smile on my face the whole time. So. Uh, even though I, I couldn't be with there, be there with you guys in person, I'm really glad we were able to to do this. All right, so we do have a bonus segment tonight. Oh, and it is going to be a battle royale between the following Andys in their prime. We've got Andy Kaufman versus Andy Gibb versus. Do you guys who know, know who that third one is? Oh, Andy oh, Griffith. It's a very oh. young Andy Griffith. So who's going to win? Andrew, who's your pick? Uh, I think I go with Andy Griffith. All right. Because he just, knows just both of... sides of the law. Yeah. That's that's so helpful in a, a battle royale. You got to work outside the rules sometimes. And Chelsea? Um, I'm not going to pick any of them. Not even Andy Gibb because he's... Staying alive, staying alive. No, because Andrew Tay would pull out his coffee crisp and just smack the shit out of them. I'm glad you said coffee crisp because that could have gone a completely different direction. 
Well, Sean. go to fucking Canada. <laughs> Sean, who's your pick? Um, I'm going to have to side with Andrew and say Andy Griffith, because uh, the man can diffuse any situation with his calm demeanor, mm-hmm, his kind mm-hmm. words, and his wisdom. Well, I'm going bizarro, not bizarro, bizarre. I'm going bizarre and off their rocker. I'm going Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. Because what is this world? All right. With that, we want to go ahead and wrap it up. I want to thank you, Andrew, for being here, dude. Oh, it was my pleasure. And we're sorry we couldn't hang out with you in person, but we completely understand your reluctance and your um, caution, your caution yeah. and your your sound choice in travel plans. Yeah. And I want to say, like, I trust that the vaccine will keep me from getting sick, but the the, the guys at the border are, are pretty strict with the tests. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it could have been a situation where I'd be stuck in, in upstate New York for no two worries. weeks. You wanted so, to be uh, able to get home. We understand. Yeah. That is completely fine. Also, my house is very clean now. Woo! <laughs> yeah, at least something something good came out of this. <laughs> also, I want to thank besides this podcast. Besides <laughs> the podcast, this is gold, dude. It's it's treasure. It's treasure hunting. I want to thank the regulator, Chelsea. Anything you want to plug? Trivia. Trivia is back for week twelve this coming Wednesday, and then we will have a two week break. We'll be back. After that, for season 10 on September 1st. Nice. And also, The Engineer, my co-host and co-producer. Anything you want to plug, sir? Um, I'll plug the the new kitchen at Seminar because they're, yes. they're, they're easing oh. into that role. They're doing well. And they're doing a good job. Good. Yeah. Everything I've had has been great. Yeah. Shout out to Dan. I had my eye on the – I wanted to try the, the Cubano you guys have. Yes. The yes. Cuban is really Next nice. time. Do you know what next week's episode is, Sean? It's a, is it already a watch party? It's a watch party, dude. Oh, my. Ooh. So do you know what the movie we're watching is? Yeah, it's a six-string samurai. Six-string samurai. And this is a weird, like, retro 50s Mad Max samurai rock and roll kind of deal. Chelsea's it's, making a face, but it's, I've never, it's great. I've never seen this. You are going to love it. Okay. So here is your sneak preview question and answer for next week's trivia that deals with this very movie. What is the name of the real-life Russian-American rock band that appears in the film as themselves? Poutine. That's close. <laughs> Sieg, Sieg, Sputnik. Andrew, you have a guess? Borscht. That's pretty good too. <laughs> the Red Elvises. All <laughs> the right. Red oh, Elvises. Oh, we love I've heard that. Of them. All right. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We are hosted online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We're Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter and Facebook and Gmail, cinemachopshop at gmail.com. Also, the beers that we checked in today, we will check them in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And also, these episodes supposedly, sometimes, usually, make their way to YouTube in audio format with a picture. And I want to thank you, the listeners, the Chop Shoppers out there. Don't forget to get that Vax. Otherwise, social distance and wear a mask. And please remember to watch Watch. Retrofit. Retrofit.
There's definitely an audio delay and Sean's gonna have to dub in a previous- No, please leave those in.